What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Life on Mission, where we are talking about how to live the life that God has called us to, uh, being sent to serve the world that uh, He created for us where we are, uh, in, in the places and spaces and cities and families and homes and schools and, and groups and all the places where God has sent us to be. And so uh, this week, I'm really excited. We are headed to Spartanburg, South Carolina, to hang out with one of my favorite people in the world, Drew Hankins. And Drew is uh, our Fuse pastor in Spartanburg. And Drew has just been a really good friend of mine for a really long time. And this week specifically, we're going to be talking about um, how to do life on mission, being focused on and being uh, committed to the glory of God, how a life on mission is a life lived for the glory of God. I, I feel like there was nobody better in the world to talk about this than Drew. So if you guys are ready, we're going to put the seatbelt on and we're going to get on up the road to Spartanburg and let's go buy Drew a cup of coffee. So in Life on Mission, we're, we're talking through Paul's letter, second part of his letter to the church in Corinth, where he basically says that uh, Christ has given us, me and you, this ministry of reconciliation. And, and he lays out that, that God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. And so then he hands us this ministry of reconciliation, which means that when we follow Jesus, we are living life on mission. But most of us will never be on stage, will never have a microphone, will never have fancy cameras or lights or you know all the cool things that we all love. So we've got to figure out how to actually live life on mission in the world, uh, just nine to five, Monday through Friday, the way that most of us do. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about seeing where today's convo goes. I'm excited about uh, seeing if Drew has any fun stories to tell us. So let's do it. So, <clears throat> Me and Jonathan Foster in eighth grade. Myrtle Beach Fuse Myrtle Beach Pastor. Pastor. Yep. We met in eighth grade. We had some classes together, became friends, and I used to go over to his house, and we would walk to this field behind his house, this giant field. And for some reason, it, it doesn't make any sense, but we we wanted to dig a hole that could catch a moose. It's like right. if a moose ever happened to be wandering through the field, we, we would be able to catch it, right? So, I love this story. And for the record, this is in Anderson, South Carolina, Anderson, where there are officially no moose. So we we dig a hole. I mean, this took weeks. I would go over to his house pretty much every day after school, and we'd work on digging this hole for hours until it got dark. And we got to the point where we This is were, exactly the kind of story I was hoping for. <laughs> like, we, we got this hole... We dug it so deep that we would have to, like, reach above our heads and pull ourselves out. We could get stuck in it. And one day we're going back there to dig. And as we walk out of the woods into the field, this guy pulls up in a truck. And me and Jonathan kind of panic and throw our shovels. And how, and how big is the hole at this point? It's, it's so tall that we can't, like, we, we have to reach above our heads to pull ourselves out of it. Like, we could legitimately get stuck in this hole, all right? Uh, and it can fit two people digging, so that's how wide it is. So he pulls up, and he's like, hey, have you guys seen anybody out here, like with a tractor or something, digging a hole. What? And we're like, no, man, we don't know anything about that. 
and he and he starts telling us how he thinks the government is <laughs> coming out with tractors and digging a hole in his property to do something, and he is not happy about it. And so he basically tells us if we see anything suspicious on that land to come find him, whatever, and then drives off, and me and Jonathan just pick up our shovels, go back home. He had filled in our hole, so that was the end of that. That's what middle school is for, yep. is digging moose holes. What a good story. Yep. So, I want to talk about um, life on mission is life lived for the glory of God. So before we get there, we need to talk a little bit about what, uh, what it means to glorify God. Why is that so important? Uh, who, where do we get that from in the Bible? Like all, all those sorts of things. Because we've, we've been talking about how we get this idea of living outward, living on mission. We get it from you know Paul's encouragement to the church because of the way Christ lived, because of the way the Spirit encouraged believers in the church to go and do. And I'm I'm sort of a nerd. You're sort sort of a nerd. Big time. Big time. Um, one of my favorite things recently. I don't know if it's if it's just the way the kick that I've been on lately, or the thing I want to be on, you know, for years to come is this idea of catechisms. And it's, it the reason I like them is because you know my family is. Uh, my dad's side of the family is like fourth generation farmers. And farmers are like pretty simple people. You know, they don't like, you don't like go get a master's degree to farm. You just right, start right. farming when you're like nine and you just do it forever. But, um, so this, this catechism called the Westminster Catechism is this um, Scottish farmer, basically like short form teachings of Jesus to help these Scottish farmers hundreds of years ago understand what the point of life was, who Jesus was. And it's taught to people that like, they couldn't read, they didn't understand a lot of like big high thinking. And so it's kind of famous, this Westminster Catechism is kind of famous for this question and response. You know, they ask these, imagine 14 year old boys that are farming and are gonna farm for the rest of forever like, what is the chief end of man? Like, what's the entire purpose of your life? What are you, what, what's the next 60 years of your life gonna be about? Mm. And they trained them to respond with, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Mm. And like, from the outset, they've kind of framed this life of, like, the whole purpose of my life here on earth is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Man, that's good. It's good, man, that's awesome, right? Like, and so I think about, it sounds rich and complex. And like the more you sit with it, the more it feels like, is it really that simple? Like, is it really, could it really be true that like my, the whole point of my life is just to glorify God and enjoy Him? So like, what, what is, what do you think about like, when I say the glory of God, yeah. like, what do you think about the glory of God and like, you know, where, where does that hit you? Dude, my, my first thought when you, when we're talking about glory of God, I think about like, uh, Isaiah 6, oh, right? yeah. like Isaiah is in the throne room of God, yep. and literally he is surrounded by yep. these angels flying around, these voices thundering, just saying like, He's like, woe is me, holy, holy. I can't. Yeah, and yeah. his response is just, woe is me. I immediately humbled yep. by just how glorious God was. In and, like, and the angels are saying like, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth, right, is full of His glory. Yeah, and, and that's like, that's what I love so much about the Westminster Catechism, right, is not, not only is that the purpose of our lives to right. glorify God, the central purpose, but that's the purpose of everything. Right. Like literally everything exists 
to glorify God. I mean, Psalm 19, right? The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim uh, the works of his hands. And um, it, everything in the universe is praising and glorifying God. And our job, our main purpose, is simply to, to join in the chorus that's already resounding from literally every part of creation. Um, I thought about like, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? No, but I've seen a lot of pictures. Is it the same? It's, it's exactly it's like the pictures. Uh, man, it's, it's literally stunning. And yeah. you're standing over this like vast, just expanse that's crazier and bigger than anything you've ever seen in your life, anything you could even imagine that moment being. And, and I just think nobody stands in that moment and thinks, I'm so awesome. Right, and, well, <laughs> that's what I was looking up. I was trying to find which verse it was in Romans 1 that basically says, like, the glory of God, like, is, it, you can see it in nature, Everywhere. in creation, right. right? It's like when you, when you go outside and you look at a tree, like that tree in and of itself is telling you the story of the glory of God yep. on display in the, yep. in the fact that it exists and you know. The mountains, the ocean, yeah. the, the night sky, it's all, it's all testifying to the glory of God. Right. Right, and that's what's so, you know, I know this is kind of probably where we're going, but that's what's yeah. so, so crazy about us wanting glory right. is at the end of the day, you know what the mountains aren't praising? Right. You know what the planets aren't singing to the glory of? me, right. you, or any of us, right? right? The, the universe is literally collectively glorifying God. But isn't that like, isn't that like our, our temptation though, is to oh, spend absolutely. my time, post my social media, spend my money thinking about, only thinking about me and my right. glory and my making me more of myself, right? And, and getting more people to pay attention to me. And it's like, you know, it, when you read John chapter 17 specifically, you see that Jesus, like his whole mission that he unpacks is talking about how he came basically just to glorify God. Right. And right, so if we if we live on, on mission, trying to follow Jesus and accomplish in the earth the things that he came to accomplish, to reconcile God and man yep. together, then we have to see that part of that is, is, um, is like stopping living for more of my glory, right? right? And But it's hard to do, okay? And so one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about this is because we knew each other in high school. Right. I was an, a famous athlete. Yep. You were a famous athlete. Famous musician also. Famous musician also. Lots of skills. Famous man. skateboarder. Yep. Had a website. Still have a website, but we won't talk about that. Uh, did you call me a renaissance man? Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, so in high school, though, I actually was very bad at football. And you were only sort of bad at football, but you, but you were the you were you were the starting quarterback, mm -hmm. right? Like starting quarterback of the varsity football team, big guy on campus, like every young guy growing up's dream, being in the huddle, calling a play Friday night under the lights, Hankins on the back of the jersey, stadiums full, lights are on. Yep. But you also. Like in this time, you were also like a real life Jesus follower. You know, like you were you were trying to do this thing, and I feel like you did as good of a job as anybody I had seen, like actually living on mission when you're a 16, 17 year old guy playing quarterback for a high school football team. So tell me, walk walk me back through those days. Like, what did you understand about your mission being the glory of God and how you could live to see more of the glory of God there, even as a you know a younger believer. And what were some of the things that you did that you could encourage people to do to use their life for the glory of God? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
Well, I, I was lucky enough to have great leaders in my life that helped me see this. Um, but I, I recognized um, pretty early in that opportunity that this, this was influence given to me by God, that this was gifting that he had given me. Um, th this was something that, uh, not that I had earned myself, but an opportunity that God had given me uh, to influence other people. And so I, I wanted to live in a way that leveraged the platform and the influence God had given me uh, to reach other people, to tell other people about Jesus. And, you know, I certainly didn't, didn't always do that perfectly. Sure. Uh, but here's, here's what I think the, when you think of an athlete or somebody who has a gifting or a platform using that for the glory of God, what we all think of is the end of the game, the mic in the face, right. and them saying, man, you know, all glory be to God, and then talking about themselves <laughs> for the next right. seven minutes, right? right. And, and uh, that's just, that's, I'm not dogging that. Like, that's a, a part of it but a, a, that's, a, that's a smidge of it, but right. a massive piece of what it means to leverage a platform for the glory of God is who you are. Right. It's the person that you are behind the scenes. Right. If you really wanna leverage a platform, if you really wanna leverage a gifting uh, for Jesus, be the kindest person right. that anybody has ever met in every space that you go. Right. Right? Be the person that is, that is seeking to put others first mm -hmm. and that is genuine and the real deal behind the scenes yep. and then a, a platform and a gifting and an opportunity that God has given you paired with the actual character that you have, yeah. that starts to influence people for the kingdom. That's the right. last thing people want is somebody who has a stage or a platform or a, you know, a, a microphone or whatever uh, that says the right things but doesn't live them. And they're a hypocrite, right? right. They say like the right the things and treat them, treat them terrible, right? right? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's worst good. case scenario. So I, I also recognized that some of that the opportunity of the influence I had in our school, um, I could leverage to invite people to church. Right. That, that I had influence with guys on the team that I probably wouldn't otherwise have. Right. Um, that I could I could invite them in on not just church, but honestly, come hang out with my fuse group. Right. Come hang out with my fuse group leader. Come to come eat with us after the game. Don't don't go do whatever else is right. happening after the game, right? And so, um, using using gifting and platform and opportunity to leverage it for the gospel as yeah. opposed to leveraging it for myself is at least what I tried to do. And uh, so the reason I love that so much is because even even in like where we are today, you know, now you're a dad and a husband and you have, you know, like big time work responsibility and all that sort of stuff. But even now, I feel like as a young guy, learning to, to to purpose your days for the glory of God instead of the glory of Drew Hankins, it's serving you well now. Yeah, absolutely. Right, like now, like there's not a whole lot of glory in changing a diaper. Right. There's not a whole lot of glory in getting up early to do the dishes so your wife can sleep a little bit. Like there's not, a, there's not a whole lot of glory in like, Lord knows the dad part's wazier than the mom part. So yeah. we're not even talking about yeah. that, but like it's, there's not a whole lot of glory in the day to day to be had, but we do it so that people will, just like Jesus said, so when they see our good deeds, they will see what we do and they will glorify God. Yeah. And I guess to, to wrap it up, we, to, to put it best like in a, in a guy's life and, and in, if you wanna like read this in the Bible, John the Baptist. Yeah. And he, he knows his mission, like he's all about uh, teaching, you know, he basically comes, he's proclaiming like there's a Messiah coming, there's somebody coming who I'm not even worthy to, to untie his sandals is what he says, you know, like I can't yeah. even, and then Jesus like shows up 
and says that John the Baptist was the best human that's ever lived. Like, this is Jesus saying this about a guy. And they ask John the Baptist, like, like what are we gonna do? Like, let's get a big following, all this sort of stuff. And his whole message is like John 3.30, yep. which is, he must increase and I must decrease. And I guess to, to sum up a life lived on mission, being a life lived for the glory of God could be summed up by, we've got to decrease. Yep. And Christ in us, in our lives, in our words, in our habits, in our posts, in everything, like yep. it, it has to be the Spirit of God in us, elevating Christ and the Spirit of us that wants to make much of ourselves going away. Absolutely. So why don't you do this? Why don't you pray for us? Pray for everyone that's going to watch this. Pray that we would be able to live on mission for the glory of God and not for us. Yeah. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you modeled this for us. Thank you that you chose, um, you, you chose not to grab what was rightfully yours, but you chose to humble yourself. You chose to come and uh, live here, walk in our shoes and die in our place. Um, ultimately so that we could experience life with you. Uh, God, would you empower us and help us to live that way? Let us be men and women who um, are not chasing uh, our kingdom, our platform. We're not chasing glory for ourselves, but we are uh, first and foremost in everything that we're doing, seeking your glory. Uh, God, empower us to do that. Give us everything we need to do that. And uh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity you have given us uh, to be a part of glorifying you. It's in your name we pray, amen. Amen.